0: Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at L-O underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Lockroom. Download the app and join me this week. I'm not sure what day and time I'm going to be doing it yet. Probably sometime this weekend. Lockroom changing the way we talk sports. And this is probably the first time that I'm doing an episode for uh, a day, but I'm doing it the day before. I usually record on the actual day, but today, uh, just because, you know, the scheduling stuff, uh, we have decided to record Wednesday's episode on Tuesday, and we have a very special guest joining us today. I've been on his show uh, probably thousands of times already. I, I just lost count, I think, at this point. Um, he, work. He, he is Wesley Euler. who does ESPN Pittsburgh, the Afternoon Delight from 2 to 7, who has on a wide array of guests from Phil Bork, uh, Tim Benz, you know, Jeff from Penn's blog. I already talked about me. I, already need to, I don't need to keep talking about me here, but I'm um, <laughs> a whole bunch of different guests. Mike DeFabo as well. Yep. Uh, Wes, h- how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, buddy. I mean, you know, it's June. I was hoping that I could uh, obviously ignore the Pirates all the way through the summer, roll a nice Penguins Cup run right into La Trobe and Steelers training camp, and everything would have been hunky dory. Um, But unfortunately, that is not the way she goes. But I I can't complain, buddy. The weather is beautiful, it's summertime. And I guess at least I won't be stressed drinking 37 beers every night. At least I got that going for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just, my goal was I want them to be playing by the 4th of July. You know, and it's oh, nothing absolutely. That never happens. This was a season like any other with the pandemic, even though it is, you know, we're almost basically up two runs in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and like an 0 2 count with the strike count. But um, I just, I wanted to get to the 4th of July. Um, you know, it, it pained me to shave my beard just a couple of days ago because. You know, I honestly forgot what it's like from the last four to five years. They just yeah. not they have not been going far. Um, but you know, let's just let's just dive right into it, man. You know, that six-game series. I said a lot on my Twitter, I said it on your show. It was just one goalie was really good, one goalie was not, and you know, I don't really think you have to analyze it more than that. I think the Islanders have a horseshoe so far up their butts cool. that it's pretty it's pretty bizarre to watch. You know, you, you watch that game against Boston in their, game one. And they're out. Boston's out shooting them by like 20 going into the third period. and The game is tied. and It's like, wow, where have I seen this before? You know. Then last night, um, they're they're playing a bit better, but you know, Boston is still out playing them later in the game. The game goes to OT, and then after Boston, I think was dominating the overtime. Casey Zek gets gets the overtime goal, and it's like, I mean, this team, it just it defies logic with how they keep winning games. And you know, if I'm the Penguins, you come right back out. I think with mostly the same group. Obviously, there's going to be changes. Um, just what do you think they should do um, this summer when you yeah.
1: when you look at the series? Uh, yeah, a couple things though, real quick. Like I, I do think Hunter, the Islanders deserve some credit in that mm. discussion, right? Like they are a team that is built, that is coached, that is very comfortable playing on those razor thin margins. You know, in those those tight games where just one swing one way or the other is quite often the difference. Uh, a lot of teams aren't comfortable playing that style of hockey. The Islanders are. I, I think they. Don't, they comfort. I mean, they lean into playing that way, right? It is their bread and butter. Um, and so I do think they, yeah, you, you see a lot of times uh, things have bounced their way, certainly. But they were also a team that was in the Eastern Conference Final last year. They're a good hockey team. Um, they know the way that they're playing, and they're very comfortable doing so. It's, it's, it reminds me a lot of the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like, like they're not a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not going to do a ton to surprise you. You know how they have to win. They know how they have to win. Um, it's not like they can spread the ball all over the field and run the ball, right? Like they're very one-dimensional, but they're comfortable playing that way, and they do very well, and they win a lot of games playing that way. Um, But with all that said, I mean, yeah, it all comes down to goaltending. That's not the only issue, right? If you and I were making issues of why the Penguins reasons the Penguins lost this series, it's not like we would just write one Tristan Jari and then stop. You know, there's there's two, three, four, five on that list. But yeah, the goaltending certainly at the top uh, of of the issues, of the reasons why, of the questions that we're asking now in the fallout of the series. And Hunter, I think rightfully so. And, and we cover these things from, look at these things, evaluate these things with black and gold glasses on. A lot of people have said um, that, you know, if Tristan Jari would have just played average hockey, the Penguins would have won this series in five games. And I think that's true. But I also think it's fair to say, maybe if Barry Trotz goes with Sorokin the whole mm-hmm. way, maybe the Islanders win that series in five games yep. too. So I think you touched on it though. Um, I think this core has earned one more year. You know, that's kind of – now that we've had some time to dissect and think about it, Gino's on the last year of his contract. Latang's on the last year of his contract. You just saw the Capitals do it with Alexander Ovechkin. Let's let those contracts play out. Let's play this next season. Let's see how it goes. Yes, there will be changes. That doesn't mean they're just going to run it straight back, yeah. right? Um, I think – and we can get into all this, obviously this is your podcast. I don't want, I don't know exactly where you want to go here, but um, I would venture Gensel, Rust, Kapanen of one of those, one of those three, I bet you is not back next season. Um, and I think that will be the move. And I'm not saying, you know, I, I, I love it or I hate it. I just think much like when you traded James Neal, right. To get something, you got to give something. Yeah. Um, that's just the way that it goes in any salary cap league. We can argue and, and maybe, well, as we maybe discussion for a different time, but I think you see the penguins give this core one last run that they deserve, but that doesn't mean that they're just going to run it back. There will be tweaks. Um, I think we'll see some guys. We know the penguins don't have a loaded farm system, but there's a couple guys there that are knocking on the door and seemingly ready. Um, I'll be interested to see how Hextall and Burke evaluate those guys. And, and they're kind of, we don't know how that works. You bring the rookies up low cap hit nice and, uh, <laughs> and good for your, for your roster management there. So there will be moves Hunter, but I, I think the big three are back. I think largely, this is not the um, scorched earth off season. If, if the team misses the playoffs next year, if they're another one and done in the playoffs, okay. Then, then we're probably getting there, but this core has earned the right. They were a good team this year. Yeah, the goaltending, you know, crapped the bed, and yeah, they have not been good enough in the playoffs three straight years. It's not just a this year problem. But all that said, I, I think this core has earned one last shot at this thing, um, and then you kind of go from there. You make tweaks around it, obviously, this summer, um, but you don't you don't hit the uh, you know the panic red. You don't hit the the nuclear red button uh, this Def-Con, offseason. Deathcon
0: one, yeah. They don't, they, don't exactly. need to, they don't need to go. All the way there. Yeah, I, I foresee it kind of being, you know, like a Alexander Ovechkin thing where they may not extend them this season, but they may wait until after and be like – okay, you know, what number are you looking at? How much sure. your term is looking for? I mean, they'll, if, they'll, they'll sign back. I don't think they'll
1: not. I think so too, but right. It, it gives you the flexibility yeah. that if, if Malkin or Letang, one of the other goes out there and has a <laughs> dreadful season next year and they Somehow. miss half the season due to injury yeah. and the team is one and done in the playoffs again, or God forbid misses the playoffs <sighs> for the first time since like HDTVs were getting rolled out, <laughs> buddy, um, yeah. then, then, then all bets are off. But, uh, but I think you're right. I think that's the, the way to go here.
0: Yeah. Last time they made the playoffs, I was eight years old. So um, it has been a very long time since that happened. I was
1: in middle school, and I am now in my thirties.
0: Yeah, so you know, Wes may may be older than me, but he definitely looks like he's about fifteen years old. That's the uh, I, I, mean.
1: I do still get carded buying cigars. This is true. Yes,
0: I, I definitely would. <laughs> I definitely would get that. I mean, I also do as well. So it's okay. But you know, I think you know one of those three players that you mentioned definitely will get traded. You know, I, I keep seeing these takes, Wes. Well, Jake Gensel is not physical enough for the playoffs. Jake Gensel needs to be traded. Jake Gensel this, Jake Gensel that. And it's like, I understand. I get it. You know, three goals in his last 14 playoff games. It's not good enough. But, you know, the guy also had 23 goals in his first 37 playoff games. Yep. You're not going to sustain that, even though it's been 14 games. That's just not sustainable. Sure. The regression was always going to come. But he led the team in high danger sh- chances in the playoffs. He led the team in shots. He was a team leader in shot attempts, uh, individual scoring chances. He was in the top three among the team. Um, to say that this player needs to be traded is just ludicrous. It's stupid, I think, and uh, I'm kind of tired of it. He makes $6 million yeah. per, and he's one of the 5 to 10 best wingers in hockey. Now, as for Brian Ross, I was going to get your take on this before we probably get to a commercial break. I think that might be a player that they may try to dangle. You could get a good haul for him. A, a potential his, his cap score. hit
1: is an insane bargain.
0: Th- almost 30 goals in back-to-back seasons, you could get a team that would give up a first, and I oh. think a roster player along with I it. Agree. And you don't want to give him his next contract. And I love Brian Ross. don't get me wrong. Three and a half million per best bargain deal in the league. Gives you 27 to 30 goals a year, basically. Top-line player. But if you can get a first-round pick, which they have not had a lot in recent years, and Ron Hextall loves having those, plus a top-nine forward, um, I think you do that even though it would be very
1: hard to trade someone like rust. It would be very hard to trade someone like Brian rust, but he is, he's the type of guy, if you're an NHL GM, right. And you Mm -hmm. think your team is close or you think your team's a contender, you look at Brian rust and that's the type of guy that can put us over the top and doesn't have a large cap. I mean, he's, he's a bargain. You, you it's Brian rust. It's Sean Couturier and it's Nathan McKinnon. Those are the three biggest bargain cap hits in the national hockey league. Brian Russ can play on your first line. He can play on your third line. He could be on your power play. He can kill penalties. He can score 30 goals. He can block big shots, wear one in a big moment to get the boys fired up in his <laughs> defensive zone. But with all that said, I'm with you too. I, I would not want to be the team that would pay him his next contract because he's played a rough-and-tumble style of hockey. He's now closer to 30 than he is to being young. And rightfully so, he should want to cash in. This, this is going to be his – biggest contract of his life I mean unless he goes on right to be like the next Jeff Bezos or Elon (laughs) Musk or something Hunter this is going to be his next contract that he signs in the NHL is going to be the maximum earning period of his life like I will never tell somebody in that position to take a discount or anything like that um man yeah you would you would hate to give up a guy like Brian Russ but at the same time imagine what (laughs) you could get in return that's that's going to be the fence to sit on this entire offseason right is a lot of these guys we love them Man, but but you know you you gotta give to get, yeah. And sometimes you, you know you, you gotta give good players to get other good players back,
0: and that and that's gonna be a lot of money. Whoever gives him that next contract, that's probably a five to six year term, five to five and a half million per. And you're paying for what age thirty to thirty five. I'm just I'm not hard
1: pass. Love Brian Rust. Hard yeah, pass.
0: Yeah, I, I love him. He's done so much for this franchise. He plays his ass off every night. But I'm just. There, there, there's no way I'm doing that. But. No,
1: you'd you, you be thankful that you had him at a bargain for so long. You tell him thanks for your service and you and yeah. you get a nice piece in return before he walks out the door.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's basically, I think, the best way to put it. Um, we still have a lot more to get to for dissecting this Penguin season and looking ahead to the offseason. Um, but before we do that, coming up in the next segment, we're actually going to talk about the goalie stuff. Because, yes, I know it is still a very hot topic in Penguin's mm-hmm. land. Elliot Friedman talked about this in his 31 Thoughts. Before we do that, it's time to talk about a couple of things. One of them being Lock Room. Um, it's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on lockroom Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news and rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Penguins podcast through our lockroom Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room. I'm thinking, honestly, as I think about it more, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm not really sure what time yet, probably in the evening. Go download the free lockroom Room app now. Are currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, uh, NFL. Join the NHL group for the latest league updates. The NFL season is not in session right now, and I also do not do an NFL podcast. But follow me at Hunter Hodes to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live, like I said, this week from Thursday through Saturday in the evening. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Penguins. See you there. Lock Room changing the way we talk sports. but. We also cannot forget about Bilt Bar. There's nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited-time flavor. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors well, you are missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry are just to name a few. My favorite one is, of course, the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, though, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of them have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. So Wes, you know, let's just let's talk about it. You know, the goaltending, we touched on it earlier, was not good enough in the postseason. You know, it was it was good for a lot of the season. I think that's being lost with some people was that the penguins actually for about a solid month, month and a half had the highest All situations, save percentage combined between Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. So, it was working. It just, it's decided to stop working at the worst possible (laughs) moment. And, of course, your backup goalie gets hurt, who was having a really good season. I honestly think Mike Sullivan does make a goalie change, either after Game 1 or after Game 5 to Casey DeSmith, if he is fully healthy. I think DeSmith, honestly, wins them Game 6 with how the Penguins were playing, to be honest with you. Uh, But, obviously, that did not happen. Um, In in my opinion, there's, honestly, two ways to do this this offseason. You either go out and get a full-fledged number one starter, like a John Gibson or something, and see what Anaheim wants. Or you go out into free agency and get someone like a Peter Morozik, Linus Olmark, you know, some of these 1A, 1B options to go with Jari. Or, honestly, you could, you know, send Jari to the minors to work on his game and then go with DeSmith and one of those options as well. Um, Just What what do you think the Penguins should do for the goaltending situation?
1: Man, I you know what, Hunter? I feel like goalies in the national hockey league even for something like i'm not phil you mentioned how i have phil bork on my show every week (laughs) i'm not phil bork okay i I grew up playing high school hockey i won a penguin cup when i was in high school at the (laughs) civic arena baby all right i still play beer league every week okay i could skate um i didn't play i didn't play college hockey nothing like that but hockey's been my sport i played my entire life it is so hard to evaluate goaltenders like, even if you fancy yourself – and I'm using air quotes here. I know this is a podcast. People can't see me. Even if you fancy yourself as a hockey guy, hockey girl, hockey person, I just feel like goaltending is always so hard to evaluate. But I will say this. I'm glad it's Ron Heckstall that has to do that, right? Like, I, I don't know if I have a crazy hot take for you for what I would do going into this season. I would say that I would like to have a, a veteran presence there along with Tristan Jari. But as you kind of pointed out, Casey DeSmith was a – he was – everything you'd want back up except for a little bull needed him in the playoffs. I mean, he was a fantastic number two. I'm just glad that it's, it's Ron Hextall that has to make this decision. I really am. Right. Because I think Hunter, um, and and you know, this, um, for the listeners that aren't aware uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, born and raised, but my kind of, my career took me some other places. I worked in Ohio for a while, New Jersey. I also worked in Philadelphia for almost three years and I was in Philly when Ron Hextall got fired. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was still working in Philadelphia sports radio when Ron Hextall got fired. And so much of that conversation and why he was let go is because disagreements between him and the ownership and, you know, people above him about what to do with Carter Hart. You know, they, they wanted to rush Carter Hart through. And he said, that's not the way you do this with a young goaltender. And and there was some friction there that that led to some other things. And that was a big Mm -hmm. part of the reason why Ron Hextall um, and the Flyers parted ways. Hunter, I think Ron Hextall nailed that. Right. So in his first kind of, as a GM, his first trial of goaltenders, right? His first uh, big decision making to do with goaltenders, goaltender evaluations. He was telling the Flyers, you got to give this guy more time. You got to give this guy more time. Yeah, I know he's doing great in juniors and, and, and all this stuff, but he is not ready for the NHL yet. I think he was proven right in that. That doesn't mean that Carter Hart can still be an outstanding goaltender one day. We hope not. We hope he stinks. We hope he's a big bust. We hope he's just average in Philadelphia. Yeah. But Ron Hextall was right. In terms of Carter Hart, in terms of his development, Ron Hextall was right. He's one for one so far in terms of the goaltenders. Um, I'm very interested to see how he feels, you know, about Tristan Jari. What to do this off season? How that relates to Casey DeSmith, How that relates to, um, you know, maybe bringing in one of those veteran guys that you mentioned, or even going out on the trade market. I, I will say this though, and I, I never know how much stock to put into this because it's one of those: what do you expect the people to say? You know, like are they gonna trash the guy? But man, everybody around the Penguins organization, I don't mean the players, right? Like I'm talking people like Phil Bork and some other people that that I'm fortunate enough to bump elbows with in my building and have conversations with, they all believe in Tristan Jari, man. Now and again, you and I can sit here and we can scream I mean, we could back and forth and you we could pick yeah. one side of the argument and then we could switch. Right? I and mean, you take this side and I'll take that side, and we'll do it all over again. <laughs> If, if, if Ron Hextall and Brian Barker of that sentiment, right, if, if, if they if some of the reason why a lot of the Phil Borks of the world believe in Tristan Jari is because those people believe in Tristan Jari, then it could all be a moot point. Right. Um, but man, you talk about a heck of a summer to get started here for Ron Hextall, the big three decision and and what to do with the goaltending, because like you said, the goaltending was good enough this season. A man. When they needed to be, it was not. And right, that's just that's kind of playoffs in a nutshell. You Uh, you you got to be able to um, to decide to to take right the big snapshot of fifty six games in an entire season versus the six real high intensity and, and real importance games. And how do you balance the performance? How do you how do you balance what you saw in the bigger sample size versus in the playoffs? I honestly, goaltenders for me are so. Hard to evaluate. I'd rather talk about quarterbacks. I don't even like baseball. I'd rather talk about
0: starting pitchers. They're voodoo, man. That's what they are. It's the most volatile position in the sport.
1: I'd rather talk about Jake DeGrom than talk about Tristan Jari, (laughs) all right? And I'm not a baseball guy at all. I just, to me, it's so hard to evaluate goaltenders, hockey goaltenders. Uh, But like I said, I keep coming back to, I'm glad that it's Ron Hextall that's in that seat right
0: now. Yeah, I I scoff at what uh, Jim Rutherford would do in this situation if he were still the general manager. You'd probably see...
1: He'd trade 37 first round draft picks for Marc Andre Fleury.
0: Yeah, and you know they tried to to get him, you know. And then there was this idea that Elliot Friedman, he, he even said he was talking out of his butt on the podcast that I listened to. Well, they can go out, and Ron Hextall knows Jonathan Quick, and I'm like, Jonathan Quick, five years around. Seven points. Something. He's million. been bru-
1: he's been brutal for years. His
0: his goal saved above expected is like minus twelve. I think the last three years he has been yeah, brutal. It's like, Let's
1: go get Jordan Bennington. Like what is this? Two thousand and eighteen.
0: Jordan Bennington. Uh, uh, on top of you know being inconsistent, he's also a total piss baby. So this is true. Uh, uh, you know I gotta watch. I gotta watch my language, of course. But I think that's uh, good enough for I
1: what I, I think that, that's appropriate.
0: Yeah. Well, I can call Jordan Bennington. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I am glad that Hextall is in charge. Uh, Not just, you know, the overall team, but especially um, the goaltending. And, you know, I I was reading something from Kurt who does um, stuff from uh, the Philadelphia's SB Nation site. And he's like, if you're looking for someone who is very patient and is probably not going to do anything after a loss like this, it's probably Ron Hextall. And, you know, that brings me to my next question before we do get to the commercial break, Wes. Is there any – you got any inside info for the listeners here on when him and Brian Burke are going to speak to the media? Is there anything that's going on here? Because it is a bit weird that they have not spoken to anyone yet.
1: Buddy, they have not, and that is surprising because you know as well as I do the good old hockey boys, right? Like Brian Burke and like Ron – they like to get their as soon as the season's over, yeah. like give them a day or two, get their responsibilities out of the way. And then they go off to the lake house right? they go up somewhere in Canada to the lake house yeah. for the entire summer and disappear. That's the hockey guy way to do things. Um, is that going to happen? I don't I don't know. Um, I thought for sure that it would be today or tomorrow. Right. OK. They didn't speak on locker room clean out day. Um, Monday's a holiday. Right. OK. Maybe then because today, whatever. But we have heard nothing. I mean, if it's not this week, I don't know. I really don't know. I wonder too if this RMU thing throws a curveball into that. That's the one yeah. caveat because there were there's a lot of people that have reported that the uh, that the Penguins and RMU were in the middle of discussions about a partnership to expand the Penguins practice facility to add some Robert Morris stuff there. Interesting. So maybe they're waiting for some of this to simmer down because they don't want to be asked about that. Maybe uh, who knows? And I don't know. That could have the RMU situation could have absolutely nothing to do with it. But I'll tell you what, Hunter, the last three, four days here, it's surprising, but that RMU thing has dominated the attention here in Pittsburgh. It is a massive story. That's the only thing I – other than that, I have no clue because I thought for sure, you know, that I would have gotten an email from Penn's PR this morning or, or, you know, yesterday or something saying uh, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke will do their end-of-season media availability at this time. We've got nothing, and I I haven't heard anything. So that is the only – unless they're working on something behind the scenes, unless there's something going on that we don't know, um, which if it was maybe going to be a coaching change, but that seems unlikely, right? Yeah. I just – I don't know if it's that maybe there's just – they had – one of them had something going on. Um, somebody mentioned too today, you know, Brian Burke is very involved in Pride Month. Yeah, Mentioning that, that maybe he had plans to travel this week somewhere to do some engagements. I, I, and then, like I said, maybe the RMU thing is part of this. I don't know. Maybe they're just waiting until the end of the NHL – or the NHL playoffs or closer to at least free agency and off season. But it's very surprising that those two have not spoken yet, because, like I said, normally those guys just want to get that stuff out of the way, oh, and then have the rest of the offseason.
0: Well, you know, Wes, I'm counting on you to deliver to me. Uh,
1: I'll this. let you as soon as I get that email. Yeah, I'll let you know.
0: That's that's the perfect. You know, I got that. Got those inside scoops coming here uh, for the podcast. In case anyone's not aware with what's going on with Robert Morris, um, I know I have some listeners in Europe. Um, they have disbanded uh, their hockey teams, uh, much due to the dismay of the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, just the only D
1: one hockey program, yeah. men's and women's in Pittsburgh, both getting dismantled. That that's basically
0: no reason at all. They're one of the best teams in the country. Usually year in and year out. Um, it
1: hosted two frozen fours yeah. in the name of Robert Morris. That's um, just, they, yeah. have the, they have that three rivers, classic hockey tournament every Christmas in the name of Robert Morris. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, it, that's a garbage decision, man. I feel it bad stinks. for everyone involved and I hope, you know, hopefully bullying works. Um, in this case, to somehow bring it back, though I did see something.
1: Amen, today. amen.
0: Yeah, I did read something today that that might not be the case, though. Hopefully, like I said, bullying works. Still, a little more to get to coming up in the final segment of this episode. But before we do that, it's time to talk about couple things, one of them being Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, nba NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or phone and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your phone to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit that is BetOnline, your online book experts with the promo code locked on finally we cannot forget about wealthfront stocks, stonks memes rocket ships day trading can be a lot of fun but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon you should open up a wealthfront investment account today they can create a portfolio of globally diversify low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes, no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. They are trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash NHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash NHL. That's wealthfront.com/slash NHL to start growing your savings. One more time, everyone: wealthfront.com/slash lockedonnhl and get started today. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodies. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at l.o underscore penguins. Um, gotta ask you a couple more things here, Wes. So oh,
1: defensively,
0: you know yeah, you all he's always ready for all the uh, questions here defensively. Um, definitely think you might see some changes there. Um, it would not surprise me if they do decide to dangle Marcus Pedersen and maybe move P.O. Joseph up full-time. I-, I think he's just about ready. He showed it earlier in the season before going up to a pairing with Chris Letang. Wasn't ready for that. Not a lot of people are. Brian Dumoulin is one of a kind, of course, as are a couple other defensemen in this league. But um, I-, I think that's a move they should make. And then if you can somehow find a way to get rid of Mike Matheson's contract, even though I think Matheson played well down the stretch. Don't get me wrong. I agree I still think you would uh, be hard pressed not to do it. And then um, Jason Zucker also makes a lot of money. And I love Zucker, man. My nice Jewish boy, as I like to call him. Um, Fellow Jew here, of course, that does the podcast. And, you know, he plays his tail off, but it just, I don't know if it's working out here. And and we're going to have to find out if Hexall and Burke want to keep him here for a couple of years. You know, just do you see um, any changes being made with any of those players?
1: Buddy, I think you kind of nailed it there. Um, there is. I would be shocked if all three of those guys are back next season. Um, you're absolutely right. POJ, uh, barring a disaster of a training camp or you know an act of God or something this offseason, he's going to be with the Pittsburgh Penguins as as one of their six defensemen next year. We already know they had a lot of capable guys, right? I mean, they they had eight nine guys that you would have been comfortable with playing games this season on the back end. Now Cody CC uh, seemingly is probably going to cash in. Right. I, I don't think the penguins they are going to be the, the ones money that,
0: for that. Yeah. They, they
1: don't have the money. He's another one kind of like Brian rust, right? You had him at a bargain. You tell him thanks for your service, but you let somebody else overpay, yeah. overpay for and their services. And you have Travis
0: Weedle ready to step in for him?
1: I, exactly. Um, but I think you're right. Matheson, Petterson Pedersen, Right, we can talk about their games, and, and there's good there, and there's bad there. But financial flexibility in a salary cap league, particularly during pandemics, right, where salary caps are, are plateauing if not going down, uh, financial flexibility is everything. I think they would like to get one of Matheson and Pedersen, and, and and maybe Jason Zucker as well too off the books. Um, it, that's that to me is is really yeah. We've talked about the core, and we've talked about the goaltending Hunter, and I, I think there's a lot of questions there that can only be answered in another year right uh, you know Malkin Latang are they still good enough well we're not going to know until we know Tristan Jari can he be the guy for this team can he win playoff series we're not going to know until we know with the back end, though, I think that's a little different. I think there is, and you and I, this is another one of those, right? We could sit here and we could do a whole episode on this. We could go back and forth talking about heavy hockey, right? Talking about all these things and the way that the game was played in the regular season versus the postseason and how the refs officiate and how the whistles yeah. go away, da, 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 and what you need and what you and Brian Rust and Jake Gens are right? like. We we could do that whole thing, but I think everyone can agree that man, you got to have some sandpaper. You got to have some tenacity in front of your own net right um yes you have to have guys that can skate and move the puck and break the puck out as well too and the penguins have done a great job of that but man buddy it just feels like last year this year if you're like in that five by five box in front of the crease i mean just don't kill somebody and you're good i mean you saw it last night both uh not McAvoy, it was another one of the Bruins defensemen, but it doesn't matter, I'm drawing a blank. But there was like a sequence in that game between the Islanders and the Bruins. Like two three minutes apart where one Islander was trying to take a Bruin's head off in front of the net and then a Bruin was trying to take the Island. I mean, and we see it with Crosby all the time, right? Getting cross-checked in the head by everybody. Oh, yeah. it, I just, I, I would like to see, and, and you know, I'm not one of those like, you got to get heavy, go out and bring me Milan Lucic and bring me Nick Foligno Chuck and Hulins, bring baby. me Wayne Sim-. Uh but, but you know what, Hunter, they don't really have any defensemen that can play with some friction in front of the crease. You know what I mean? Like they do have a lot of puck movers and guys that can break out the puck and you certainly need that. But I think you need some guys that can play with some tenacity in front of your own net too, because that's just the liberties that the league allows you to take this time of year, particularly in the postseason. season, Marino, Pedersen, Latang, Dumoulin, uh, Matheson, even POJ, right? We think CC is going to be gone. Even POJ, they're not the most physical guys. And that doesn't mean it has to be Eric Gabranson, right? Um, but I I I wouldn't be surprised if they added a little sandpaper on the back end. You know, somebody who, again, not as, you know, not Ulf Samuelson. Make 2. sure they 0. can
0: play is my big thing. Make sure they can yes,
1: yeah. but 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 somebody who is willing just willing to engage in front of the crease a little bit. You okay. know, and, and I think some of that too, when when it wasn't Chris Letang pushing the Islanders into Tristan Jari. Those guys, you could see other teams know, too. You know what I mean? The, the Penguins just don't play that way. No, and, no. and that's fine. I don't want the Penguins to play that way. But if they had a little bit of that element to their game, right, that wouldn't be the worst thing. I, I think that's the balance. I, I don't want the Penguins to turn into some big, loafing, heavy hockey team. Like I said, try and go out and get a bunch of Wayne Simmons and Milan Lucic and Nick Felino and guys like that. But if you could find, you know, the one or two guys that are the balance of, man, they can play. But they got some sandpaper to their game. You know, they'll score the game-winning mm-hmm. goal, and they'll also punch you in the face if they have yeah. to. Um, you know, maybe Scott, a Scott Mayfield type. You know what I mean? Like, I, th- I, I think on the back end, and I know you're making that face. I know, though, He over the last two years, he has really impressed me. Like, I thought that he was just a goon who couldn't play. He scored a pretty nice goal against the Penguins. And, and maybe that's just a, a, a recency bias. He was, it was mainly doing
0: right. that against Evgeny Malkin almost every shift, just like cross checking him in the back.
1: And, uh, and he's punching Z- Jason Zucker yeah. in the chin after the whistle, and he's scoring big goals. Like, again, I don't love, like, I, I don't want hockey to, to you know, like, I'd I say this all the time. You come on my show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I don't like the, the old time hockey, the, the Bobby Clark breaking people's ankles out oh, there, man. you know, w- with, with hacks. That's not the style of game that I want the NHL to be. But I think at the same time, there is a balance there, right? Like that's what we can all agree on. The it doesn't have to be Jake Gensel and Brian Rust are too soft and you gotta move them out and you gotta bring in the Kachuk brothers, and yeah, here we go, (laughs) right? (laughs) Let's get ready to rumble. Like it doesn't have to be that. But I think we can, like, I think you can look at it objectively and say, too, man, like they could just use a little punchback, right? Like, they could just use a little punchback, and there's a lot of different ways to get that. It doesn't just have to be the Eric Gabransons. It doesn't just have to be the Ryan Reeves. Yeah. There's guys out there that, like I said, can score a game-winning goal and can also punch you in the face, and yeah. maybe the Penguins need one or two of those guys.
0: It's just hard to find those kind of players. It's, like, you it's know, so hard. Like, they're like, overpaid. Like, like Matthew Kachok. Like. Is is Calgary really going to move him? Probably not. They have have
1: short shelf lives, right? Like a guy like Milan Lucic and Wayne Simmons. Like, look how quick those guys fell off a cliff when they got longer in the tooth.
0: Even Tom Wilson, who, yes, is probably the dirtiest player in hockey, but, you know all the hockey men would well, love And
1: Qadri might like a word but yeah, he's, he's he's on up, the short list.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's up there too. But you know, you all, all the hockey men would love to have Tom Wilson clones that are not, you know, as, as dirty as him, you know, that play the way he plays like because when he's not being an idiot, he actually is a very good player and like that. that oh,
1: people, I mean, he's he's scored some big goals against the Penguins yes. I mean, he he scored a game winning goal against the Penguins this season. Did. Um yeah, that that is like Like how Milan Lucic was in 2011 for the Bruins, right? Like how prime Wayne Simmons was. That's the dream to get for the Penguins. Yeah.
0: That guy who plays on the edge, can
1: play on your first line, can play on your third line, can be on the power play, can kill penalties. I just keep coming back to this Hunter too. I don't know why. Can score the game winning goal and can also punch you in the face. (laughs) Those guys are hard to find. Those guys are hard to find. You quite often have to overpay for them because there's not many of them unless you draft them and develop them yourself. And like I said – they're, they tend to hit age thirty and fall off a cliff pretty quick
0: absolutely um,
1: yeah you know yeah. what if you're if you if you really are trying to take this core and make one more run at it like I said you know a guy like that I don't think would be the worst thing if you can blend some of the the underlying numbers and in, in, in the production with some tenacity i mean that's I'll, I'll that t- is maybe the, the you know other than other than a competent goaltender, that's maybe the one thing the Penguins lack.
0: I'll take I'll take it, man. You know, I, as long as they can play, and you know, you sure they want to punch like, them in the like, face like Brandon
1: Tanev, but yeah. like four inches he, taller and, and twenty pounds, thirty pounds heavier,
0: and maybe like a twenty goal scorer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you they, go they, exactly. they got they got that too. But uh,
1: so, no, give me give me the Kachuk brothers, brother. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Ottawa ain't moving uh, Brady and I'm sure Calgary oh, no is not moving. Uh, not and
1: if anymore. one more person says Gensel for Kachuk, oh. I'm going to Oh my god, I'm going to be like yeah. Jean-Claude yeah. Van Damme it, and I'm, I, I, I in my it. iceberg suit with a pistol.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> from the movie when it just goes into
1: Sudden Death. With, yeah.
0: yeah, the the melon the melon they basically blow up melon Arena. That's just that's great. But yeah, I mean, at first when I saw that I was like, Okay, you know maybe it's not as bad. Then I saw the underlying numbers. I'm like,
1: yeah, I'll pass. No, 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 no chance. No, and, no chance. and so that's that's the key, right? Like it's it doesn't need to be some massive turn to uh, let's go out and get a bunch of big bodies and a bunch of grit. Absolutely not. That's not how you make the playoffs. That's not how you yeah. sustain long term success. Um, and that's that's not the that's just not the Penguins' way. Certain franchises, right? Certain teams have DNA, right? I, I mean. The, the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers always want to play good defense right it's just part of the yep. dna the Pittsburgh Penguins want to score goals they want to light it up they want to play entertaining flashy hockey i think that's why so many people love the penguins that aren't from pittsburgh um you want to keep that but i think you can do that right and 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 maybe just add one or two guys that that little that are maybe more suited you know to to play hockey this time of year
0: yeah, I, I, I think that's totally fine. You honestly hit the nail on the head there. Um, I'd be perfectly fine with adding one of those players, like I said. you know, As long as they have skill, you know, it's not just some yes. Brian Burke trucker ones or
1: something and like again, that. And again, the Penguins have some entice... It, I don't think it would be like you'd have to go crazy. I mean, they've got some enticing. We've Brian Russ. We've talked about Jason Zucker. We've talked about some guys on the back end. I mean, the, the Penguins... They don't have a lot in terms of young assets and draft picks, but yeah. for, to help the team right now, they have some good players to move out. Yeah, there's there's moves there to be made, and and, and, and don't you worry, I think I think Hextall and Burke are going to make some. Oh yeah, the, the old
0: boys club will never seem to disappoint here. Um, lastly, before I let you go, Wes, a little bit of a twofer here, real quick. Sure. Um, the people that thought Mike Sullivan should be fired, I, d- stop. Um, I don't really yeah. know why. And now I will say this: I talked about this on my podcast uh, last week. If he does, if they do have a bad year and they miss the playoffs or then a first round exit again. Okay. Maybe it's time to move on. I totally could see that. Sure. Maybe Mike Sullivan wants a fresh start, but right now you saw what he did in this season. He was brought in by goaltending. Um, I'm sure your thoughts are the same as me. Bringing back Mike Sullivan is the right call. And also buddy, um, are, are we doing that uh new noon Eastern kickoff? West Virginia, Virginia tech.
1: <laughs> All right. So Mike Sullivan first. Um, yeah. I, I would absolutely bring him back. Um, Listen, it's another one of those, like I kind of just talked about, certain franchises have weird things in their DNA. The Penguins have a weird thing in their DNA of firing head coaches and winning the Stanley Cup, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, I get why a lot of the Penguins fans are like, oh yeah, let's oh, fire them. And then we'll just, here we go. New voice will come in and we'll win the Stanley Cup. Like, like I get it, right? But just because it's worked out for the Penguins in that regard of the past doesn't mean it's going to be that easy going mm-hmm. forward. Like, I think that's a warning with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, right? And people are like, well, the Steelers, three for their last three. They've replaced head coaches, and they've done a great job. Yeah, but that's also been like three times in the last 50 years. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're going to go four for four if they were to kick Mike Tomlin out, right? If, if the season starts, Hunter, and it's clear that there's some, some staleness with the message, right, that the locker room just doesn't seem to be clicking and doesn't seem to be buying it. For whatever reason, that would happen. Then I'd say, okay, maybe shorts. Just it's that's one of those hockey things, right? New voice, time for a change. Um, but I have not seen any of it. In fact, I've seen the opposite. I mean, yeah. Mike Sullivan has never lost a team. No, he's um, not. In, in the face of all in the face of all kinds of setbacks this season in the month of March, Penguins played arguably their best hockey. Yeah. They played sixteen games in like twenty-eight days with half of their regular forwards out of the lineup, and and, and they lost two games. They kept, I think, they, they kept winning. They, that, that, that entire time. This is a team that buys into what that, that's a big thing for me with coaches too. Um, Do they ever lose their locker room? Do they ever lose the team? Like that was a big thing for me with Mike Tomlin two years ago. You know what I mean? The year that Ben went down, Mike Tomlin, okay, maybe week 17 in the rain in Baltimore, but Mike Tomlin never lost that team. I mean, they were eight and five. They were gunning for a playoff spot despite having a duck at quarterback in the backfield. Um, I think you see some of that with Mike Sullivan too. He, He never loses this club. From the day that he's walked into Pittsburgh, driven into Pittsburgh, whatever, in 2015, I think he has commanded the attention of that locker. It would have been December of 2015, I think. He has commanded the attention of that locker room. He has never lost those guys. And so, Hunter, like I said, if if we get 20, 30 games into the season and it looks like there's a lackadaisical attitude out there and, and things like that, right, then maybe I'd be singing a different tune. But for now, um, look, he's lost three playoff series in the last four years to Barry Trotz. Uh, I mean, it sucks. It does. He also won two in a row against Barry. He's won. He's lost four straight playoff series now, right? But he's also won nine in a row when he first got here to Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's another one, kind of like we were talking about the core, right? Like I think Mike Sullivan, obviously Crosby's kind of like an outlier in this conversation. But Mike Sullivan, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Brian Dumoulin. Like, I think these guys have earned the right to 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 make another run at this thing with, obviously, some tweaks around it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I also think, too, throughout the season, I think you saw Todd Reardon's influence really start to permeate this team now with – because let's not forget, they had like a week of training camp. And other than that pause in February when the Devils had the COVID issues and the Pens got like four or five days off – I mean, Hunter, they were almost like a baseball team this year. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't practice. Like, I don't – that's one of those things. Like, MLB teams, once the season – that's why they have a two-month spring training is because once the season starts, they're playing six games a week. They don't practice. Like, that was kind of like the pain. You're playing three, four games a week in this truncated season. There's no time to practice. It's like game, day off the rest. Game, day off the rest, travel. You know what I mean? Like, you got, like, some morning skates and some things like that. But I think as the season went along, too, you really started to see Reardon's influence start to permeate the roster um the special teams and the defensive play as well too i would i again if we're sitting here this time next year and we're still disappointed and it was another early exit then let's let's talk about that defcon one button but for now i just i i don't think that's the way to have success in the playoffs next year and everyone just takes it for granted too right because 15 straight years you got to get to the playoffs first before you can have a, a disappointing first-round exit, right? That's not to be missed either in this conversation. I think Mike Sullivan provides a, a lot of a lot of security in that regard. Um, I have I have no issues, no reservations with him being at the helm, being a bench boss uh, when things get going here later on in this year.
0: Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I think you know he he's earned his right to be here at least for another season. Yeah. I've argued on this podcast that he's arguably the best coach in the franchise's history, next to Badger yep. Bob Johnson. It's honestly a one a one b. Lastly, Wes, just a couple more minutes, just one more, two more minutes, or something like that. We okay. doing this uh, VT West Virginia? Oh thing yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh,
1: listen, buddy, I'm a WVU football season ticket holder. All right, so I'm gonna be there. I'll be in the blue lot. You got my phone number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, man. I, we, I, obviously, um, I would imagine a lot of your maroon clad brethren will be making their way oh, to Morgantown. Yeah. Um, you know, first, first season back after the pandemic year, last year, it's going to be jumping. It's in early September. I would imagine the weather, you know, it'll be 88 degrees outside and and just gorgeous. Um, so buddy, you, you are always welcome in Morgantown on a game day. Uh, Like I said, you got my number, you know where to get at me, but yeah, I, uh, I I'm season ticket holder, baby. So I, I have had September 18th against, against the Hokies, Uh, circled on my calendar for first time in 17 years you guys will be coming to Morgantown. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Good weather, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Crowd should be jumping, especially after, you know, missing out on it next year. So, Hey, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're willing to come to Morgantown on a game day, (laughs) yeah, we'll have you
0: you know, you know, you know, you'll 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 play the country roads. I'm sure VT will, with all the fans will just start. Well, playing only and-
1: if we win, though. See, that's yeah, the thing. Only if
0: we win. You still got to hear Enter Sandman, though, if they come out to that. But they probably won't allow them to do that on the road. They honestly I they
1: uh, got my share of Enter Sandman at FedEx Field that's in like right. 2016 or whatever that, that was. That was a fun game. That was a cool like the the split stadium, the atmosphere. That was a lot of fun.
0: I was a I was a sophomore, I think, 2017. Correct. I think that year. Yeah, I was a sophomore when they. Uh, Played that game. Oh, that, I was I was just watching first years because the um, 2018. That was the one in Florida State, and that was the um, I was a junior that year, so uh, I just yeah. had them mixed up. But yeah, I, I'm no, try buddy, I'm, I'm
1: I'm looking forward to it, man. And like I said, I'm I'm there for every game tailgating. Yeah. So if you make your way to Morgantown, you just holler at me.
0: Oh, you absolutely, man. And you know, it just you know, maybe the ghost of Michael Vick will come in there and haunt the. Morgantown. Oh, whoa, just
1: take it. Maybe the ghost of Marcus Vick and we'll smoke you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it we, just it just. It just stinks that it's a noon kickoff. Like at three thirty, would have been so perfect.
0: Three thirty, I think is honestly the, the perfect.
1: Although I saw it is still, it's, it's like subject to flex. So let's, let's say this WVU take care of business. First two games, you guys take care of business. First two games, if maybe yeah. if both teams are two and Oh, maybe it will get pushed to three thirty or nighttime or something, but let's, let's take care yeah, of that uh, business. And, and, and on see. the off
0: chance that game day comes, uh, that would be something else, but probably not. But, um, You know, I'll still try to be there no matter what. Wes, thank you so much for coming on today. I very much appreciate it. Um, Where can everyone find you, man? Plug all your stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, On Twitter, at Wesley Euler. um, I do a show for ESPN Pittsburgh, for 970 ESPN, and for the Steelers radio network. So if you're listening to this and you're just a Penguins person, uh, heavy, heavy Penguins talk (laughs) on the ESPN show uh, this offseason. You can catch me there at 2 o'clock 9.70 a.m. if you're in your car in Pittsburgh. If you're on iHeart app, iHeart website, just search ESPN Pittsburgh or 9.70 ESPN. I follow up Stan Saverin there at 2 o'clock. Uh, and then I do a show at noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, with Arthur Motes as well, too, on the Steelers Network, uh, Steelers Blitz uh, with the former Steelers and Bills linebacker Arthur Motes. That's noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you're a all around Pittsburgh sports fan and you're a Steelers junkie as well, too, you can uh, you can get me there. You can you know subscribe to the podcasts or listen live. You know, we, we do all that good stuff um, and, and make sure you're checking out Hunter on Wednesdays on ESPN Pittsburgh as well.
0: Yes, of course. I, I'm sure I will be. I, I'm sure he'll send me a text uh, the next time he wants that's me right. on.
1: Well, You know what? We want to do this. Let's do this now. You want to be on the show tomorrow?
0: Yeah. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah. Today,
1: right? Technically, because when this is there, I'll book you for today.
0: Te- technically, technically, he's asking for uh, me to be on the show today, everyone, not tomorrow. That's right.
1: But uh, that's right.
0: Yes, I. I, I so I'll we,
1: talk to you later today.
0: Yes, ex- exactly. Yes, I will literally <laughs> be on there sometime in the afternoon. I'm sure, for some good Penguins talk. But uh, again, Wes, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. And thank you all for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. We'll have another episode on Thursday, so I'll talk to you all then.